You're listening to episode 11 of the Broken Glass Podcast, finding your unique sound with Kristen Rebecca. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Broken Glass podcast. Did you watch the Grammys on Sunday night? I did, and let me say that I was surprised, but in a good way, at the complete 180 from last year. Last year, only one woman won on the broadcast. Just one. It and the Recording Academy president's response that women need to step up played a part in the inspiration to start the blog and the podcast. And it was incredible to see woman after woman performing and woman after woman stepping up to accept awards. Lady Gaga killed it. Alicia Keys was an incredible host. And I just about screamed when Casey Musgraves won Album of the Year for Golden Hour. Women proved that we are here the other night, but there's still so much more work to be done. The USC Annenberg Initiative study on popular music found that 98% of music industry producers are men, and 97% of music industry engineers and mixers are men. I know women in both professions. Let's turn this around and, as Recording Academy's hashtag states, get women in the mix. That brings me to another quick topic before we get into my interview with Kristen Rebecca. Wellness. All this hustling to prove ourselves, to get our names out there, to become known, and to get the jobs can wreak havoc on our physical and mental wellness. In the next weeks, I'll be releasing episodes on particular areas of wellness that get neglected when we're in a hustle and grind industry. And at least these were the areas that I ignored when I was working full-time, in grad school part-time, and trying to network and get my name out there. We often lose sight of what's important, our fitness, our nutrition, and we often don't manage our time well to be able to fit those in. Be sure you're subscribed to the podcast to learn some of the ways I'm able to manage my own personal wellness while hustling, and stay tuned for a five-day wellness challenge. Each day for five days, I'll send out an email about a particular wellness topic and give you easy tips to make small changes for a big impact in your wellness and your hustle. Follow Broken Glass Media on social media, at Broken Glass Media on Instagram, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash LLC. And be sure to join our Facebook group for more insight into managing your wellness. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash Broken Glass Collective. And now let's welcome Kristen Rebecca to the podcast. All right. So today on the Broken Glass Podcast, I have Kristen Rebecca here with us. Uh, she is a modern folk, folk pop singer-songwriter. Uh, welcome to the show, Kristen. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. I'm I'm excited to kind of dig in and, and talk to you about your your music, um, you know, how you got started in the industry. So let's just kind of start off from the beginning. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're doing now. So um, like you said, I'm a modern folk uh, musician and singer-songwriter. I play the Celtic harp and the acoustic guitar. I was a voice major in college, and I've just finished up my first national tour last year and looking to tour again this year. That's awesome. So you play the the Celtic harp. I don't think I've really heard anybody talk about playing that before. That's a, a unique instrument to to bring into 
you know, the you know, kind of modern music. Yeah, I like to say us harpists are kind of like endangered species. We're around, but we're rare. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's your backstory? Like, how did you get to, to where you are now? Like, how did you get involved in music? And just how, you, how did you build up your career? So I started, I was, I've been in the arts since I was a kid, like with dance and theater, but I really got into music when I was in middle school. And it all started when I was attending um, these worship why well, there was a worship band at the church that I went to and for the confirmation classes, they'd have this teenage worship band play. And I thought the bass player was really cute. You know, he was like four to five years older than me. I was like 12, 11, 12. And he didn't know I existed, but I saw the guitarist standing next to him. And I was like, I got to take up the guitar. That way I can join the band and we can play <laughs> together. <laughs> And I took up the guitar and I did join the band, but by that point he'd left, but my love for music had started. And so I played in the worship band and my parents had taken up instruments around the same time I did. So, um, to, so we did a, so they started their own band, uh, a Celtic band with a couple other people that they knew and I'd heard them play. And at the time I was like, I want to take up another instrument, but I didn't know what and we went to this place called Growth Music in Minnesota, and they actually sell Celtic harps there. It's like um, on stands for sale. And I walked over, I just plucked a string and I was like, I got to take up this instrument. And at the time, I didn't know what it was. So when I walked over to my mom, I was like, I got to play that, which turned into be the Celtic harp. It's kind of a, a unique instrument for your, you know. Yeah. What, what was your mom's reaction to that? To I mean, it's, it's, cause it's not a small instrument either. No. Now, um, Celtic harps are about half the size of the orchestral harp, so you can sort okay. of fling them over your shoulder um, in a case. Uh, but when my mom, my parents first looked at the price, they're like, let's, let's talk about this, because no matter what, harps are expensive. Um, right. So when we came back to Maryland, my parents rented one for me starting out and then had me take lessons. They're like, well, you know, if you stick with this, we'll look at purchasing one. And, and ultimately they did. They purchased me um, Aoyama. And then my grandmother, several years later for my high school graduation, purchased me my first real professional harp. That's really cool that they got so involved in that and, and um, were willing to, to let you try it out. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So how you kind of went through your backstory there. So how did you get involved in recording and touring? Because I know I went on your website and you've done you've done a lot of shows and looks like you have a lot more coming up. So what was that kind of process to now get involved? You know, you've, you've played, you've got your experience and now writing songs and recording. Yeah, so I really started writing songs, I would say, like really going at it when I was 18. Um, and I started college and I was like, okay, I want to pursue music for a living. That's what I want to do. So I became a voice major in college and um, went through that and got my degree. And then when I came out, I was like, okay, now I actually have to figure out how to get shows. I don't have any contacts in the business starting out at all. My parents are both research scientists. They're very supportive, but they didn't know how to go about this either. And so I just started Googling venues in Maryland. I was like music venues, Maryland, and started coming up with working my way up through coffee shops. Um, and I started connecting with people regionally, like Gable Music Ventures in Delaware, which got me shows at, you know, ShopRites and which is a grocery store there and, um, and Starbucks. And I started moving up to there to listening rooms throughout the years I've been working on this. Okay. Yeah. I actually, I grew up in New Jersey, so I'm familiar with some of the names that you, oh, good. you mentioned. Yeah. I went to school in Pennsylvania. Um, 
have friends in Maryland and that. So, yeah. Um, so you, you know, got your, your playing experience and then from there, um, did you self-record Tales, Charles Truce, your album, or did you, did you go to a, a producer or how did you, how'd you make that connection to record that album? So that's been a, um, a long sort of tale to get to Tales Charles Truce. <laughs> um, I, I first recorded an EP in 2011 um, called Fringe. And it was a six song, original song album that I recorded in Virginia. I've always worked in professional studios for my all my albums that I've ever done. And um, I got names through other musicians in the area, specifically professional harpists, because recording the harp is a little tricky. And making sure it's mic'd properly can be a bit difficult sometimes. So I wanted to make sure I worked with someone who knew about how to do that. And so I worked with a guy named Scott Schumann to record that. And then a couple of years later, I released an album called Where Fairies Dwell. And um, I started getting some names in the area in Maryland for who would be best to work with for traditional um, music, because that was a traditional album. And I got two names. And the first person I contacted was um, Tonal Park, which is where I recorded Tales, Trials, Truths. But at the time, and they were very booked up and I had a deadline that I needed for this album. And so I went with the second um, person, Heidi, and um, she helped me record fairies. And so when I did Tales, Trials, Truths, Heidi was not actually um, completely available to help me with that album. So then I went back to Tonal Tonal Park, where I did Tales, Trials, Truths. You've had kind of quite a journey just you know, trying to make connections throughout your, mm-hmm. your journey. Um, what have you learned by working your way through the music industry without any connections? Cause you know, I know I kind of came from the same background, similar where, um, you know, I went to college, got out. And then for me, I took a couple years away from anything music and then had to, you know, I always wanted, that was my goal. Always wanted to get back into it, but didn't have any connections anymore. And, you know, I'm kind of in a similar situation where I had to kind of build up a network again. So what was that like for you? And and what did you learn along the way? Um, It's very tricky, as I'm sure you know, as well, to start sort of with nothing and and try to get people to to notice you and to help you. Um, But it's sort of just like, I sort of looked at it like any job is kind of like working your way up. So you go through the intern phase where you're not kind of making a lot of money, but you're sort of building those connections and working for, you know, tips and sometimes just for free and then using those connections to reach out to people who are maybe on the next tier and like, Hey, you know, I've done this work. I think, you know, we could work together and they're looking at over what you've done and they're like, oh yeah, you know, you're someone I would like to work with because you've done this work and sort of keep moving up in that way. That's how I've sort of worked down it myself. Right. Yeah. And that's, that was kind of similar with me. Um, and then just, you know, especially I live in Los Angeles now and you have to, I feel like you always have to constantly be going out, talking to people, keeping in touch. And, and I'm sure in your, your genre, it's very similar, right? You just have to keep, keep working at it and keep, keep connecting. Yeah. There's just, there's never a day, you know, you can't take a day off. Every second matters. You know, so you get an email, you got to respond right away or else you may lose it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I guess I had listened to your album and, um, you have such a unique sound. Um, 
So can you tell me, we talked about, you know, your background with, with the harp and, and guitar and that. Um, can you tell me like a little bit more about your music, uh, how you developed your sound to what it is today and, you know, how you incorporate that, the harp and the, the unique sound that you have? So I, I like to first sort of say like it would be what would happen if Ed Sheeran and Joan Baez got together and make an album <laughs> is sort of what I was going for, except also including the harp. And the harp I wanted to include because I think it is a unique sound and adds a different kind of flair to the musical genre of folk pop. Um, it's also very versatile. I grew up listening to artists like Rich Mullins, who used the hammered dulcimer in a modern folk setting in a lot of his pieces. And I started learning how to use uh, unique instruments in, in genres that may not use them as much. So I, that's where the harp idea came from, because I didn't want to lose that sound to it. And I also wanted to bring sort of the folk sound, because the height of it was at its 60s, but more into the modern era. So that was sort of my hope, is combining a bit of a pop with hooks and thing and um, pop structure more so into the folk genre. Yeah. And I think it certainly does make you stand out. Um, Cause you don't, you know, you don't hear that kind of stuff. You know, you, when you listen to a lot of folk music, you'll hear, you know, mandolin and, and other instruments like that. But it, I think it, you just, like I said, you just stand out, you know, it's, it's so unique and, and different, not what you normally hear. Um, and so who, like, is there anybody in particular that inspires you in your music, um, your lyrics, or, you know, just inspires you to keep going and keep writing? I'd say it's like a combination of artists throughout time, so to speak. Well, maybe, maybe throughout from the sixties more to current, um, so lyric-wise, I love the poetic lyrics that you hear heard a lot more of. I mean, there's still artists obviously doing all this stuff now, but you heard a lot more of in the 60s, like uh, Emerson Lincoln Palmer and Joan Baez and Joni Mitchell and, um, you know, Bob Dylan. You know, they had these very poetic lyrics. And But um, for the unique sort of the genre blending, I loved artists like Kaylee Rain and, like I said, Rich Mullins, who who took different genres and kind of smashed them together. And I mm -hmm. liked that idea as well. And just to keep it, making sure it stays current. So listening to the pop artists and the hip hop artists of today. We, we talked a little bit by email. Um, you had mentioned that you, um, you'd assemble a team of uh, radio promoters, publicists, and you're talking to managers now. Um, what was that process like for you? Uh, you know, we, we talked about connections in that, but how has do you think that's helped your your career and and in what ways and and how did how did it kind of all start too yeah um so for for pr i started realizing that um pr was basically essential to get me getting me to the next round like i'd done i'd done a lot of i'd done net regional touring i'd done coastal touring i'd gone to the midwest but i realized in order to get real industry connections and contacts they expected pr um, they wouldn't really look at an artist without it. And so I was like, okay, I need to do this, but I don't know how. And so I realized that's when I started needing help. And so I started reaching out to different PR people by looking up artists who were similar to me in genre and seeing who they worked with. And then just sending out an email being like, hi, my name is Kristen. This is what I do. I'm coming out with an album. I'd really like to work with you. And I got, um, 
just a lot of people writing back to me, you know, thanking me for an email, but saying, you know, we right now our roster's full or, you know, your sound isn't quite what we're used to promoting. So, you know, I'm, we're just going to have to give it a pass. And finally, I, I came upon Cyber PR, who I worked with run by Ariel, and they really helped just break down that wall for me in terms of um, promotion. It's hard to, to, you know, get noticed if, you know, you don't have that, you know, publicity out there. So with, um, you have mentioned, uh, like radio promoters as well. How did that work as well? Like, you know, you had your PR, but radio promotion, was there a specific type of genre that you were looking for for radio? Or uh, was it more like along the lines of kind of advertising? Or what was that that situation kind of like? So I um I started working with Planetary Group for this for Tales Charles Truth's album specifically, and um, I sent them it was like two hundred or five hundred copies of my CD, and they sent it to adult contemporary and college radio stations and said, "Would you play this album?" And it really also helped sort of break through because they trusted these these different radio stations had worked with the Planetary Group for a long time and trusted them that they that their music they were sending was radio worthy. And so it helped me just get onto a lot of stations. I got over on a hundred stations. I even charted on one on, so it was just, it was really fun to see where the album went with this group that I know I couldn't have done on my own. Yeah. That's really awesome. So when you're looking um, to bring someone on to your team to kind of help you grow and, and promote your music, um, what, what do you really look for in them? I mean, you said you'd contacted, you know, people that were in the similar genre, but is there something as far as like their business practices or personality in that, that you really, you really look for, or were you just really looking for the the kind of genre that was similar to yours? Yeah. So genre was the start just simply because I knew that they would have the connections there. But then following that, it was, um, you know, we would talk about vision and, and I would tell them what my ultimate goal was. And did they think that, you know, that was not only doable, but was it something they're willing to work side by side with me on and um, also where their connections were. So I'd look to see what their artists had done and what their artists had um, achieved and to see if that sort of would be in line with what I wanted as well. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. And you want someone who's going to be willing to help and it's not just all for the, the dime, right? Yeah. And so you had also mentioned that you were kind of looking for managers. Um, have you been able to find anybody or are you still kind of in that process? And, and what's that What's that like for you as well to find someone who can really kind of manage your career and take it, take it places? It's, it's been interesting. I've used a similar sort of formula to find them, which is going around seeing artists who are in Americana, modern folk, folk pop, and reaching out to the managers there and saying, you know, hey, I've um, this is what I've done. I'd like to work with you to get to this next round. I think you and I work well together. I work in a similar genre vein as, you know, this artist that you currently manage or have currently managed. And it's been, I've, the feedback has been great that I've been got, that I've gotten from them. I've gotten tons of good feedback. I nearly secured management last year. Um, I got this great email from this manager and he's like, but I just can't take on a new artist right now. He's like, I really want to work with you. I'm keeping you on file. And I was like, this is so exciting and disappointing all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, You're kind of like, yes, no. (laughs) And so I've continued to reach out to more. I have two uh, right now I have to hear back from, I don't have a deal at this stage, but 
I feel like this year is going to be a good year for that to happen, just seeing how everything's lining up. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Just you keep going for it and, and you know, keep those connections too because, you know, that manager that really likes you, you know, who knows, maybe somebody will drop off or, you know, they'll mm-hmm. they'll have a spot open up. And because I know, you know, I, I've met a couple of managers and I know it can be very stressful and they have all the different workloads. So. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, what um, – what would you kind of look for like the manager, like as far as someone kind of managing your career, like what are you looking for them to kind of take you towards? Like you're looking for more of a like national touring or, you know, more, more of a, like a kind of making, you know, having you noticed or what's the, what's kind of like the 2019 goal for that? So the ultimate goal is to get signed. Um, I have a couple labels I think would match well with my music, um, like Dual Tones, where the Lumineers are on, or Glass Note, where Mumford & Sons sits. Um, ATO, I think, also could work. And so my hope is that they would help connect me with a label and help me get signed there, help me get signed with an agent, and also a publishing deal. Those are some great goals for for this year. Have you, being in such a unique kind of, you know, niche genre, and as a female in the industry, have you ever come across any resistance um, as, you know, when you're performing or, you know, recording, or have you found um, a lot of support uh, as a female artist? I'd say both. Um, I'd say something that also gets people a little, you know, like they're not sure what to make of it is bringing the harp into a setting that's not used to it. And so people sometimes don't want to take the risk. Like I've had venues who have told me, I love what you do, but I don't know if our audience would Mm. like it because we've never had it before. And so they're not sure whether or not to take me. And sometimes I can convince them to take me and everything turns out great. And other times I just have to wait a couple, a year and try again next year and hopefully they change their minds. Right. So it's been more of the the kind of genre and that that you that rather than being a female in the industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think, like anyone, I've had issues there as a female. Um, I mean, an article came out recently talking about how a lot of music festivals, you know, don't take on women. And, and I have seen that and talked to other women who also have experienced that as well. Yeah, not, that's hard because, you know, that, and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm doing the podcast and, you know, started my company was uh, just to highlight women. And, you know, we are here and we're, we're trying to get these jobs and get these gigs. And, you know, we're, we're performers, we're producers, you know, we are here, you know, like notice us, you know, yeah. <laughs> bring us on. Um have you had have you had the opportunity to play any any festivals like are there I don't like folk festivals that you've been able to to jump on a bill for or yeah and I've done it both as a soloist and with um, my parents in our little local Celtic band that we still do um, I so I've done Artscape in Baltimore for the past three years and I'll be applying again this year um, obviously with festivals you know you can get in one year and then they want to switch it up so sometimes that happens so right, yeah but, but doing it for three years has been amazing um, I performed solo at the Philadelphia Folk Festival two years ago now and that was a lot of fun and I've done the Maryland Renaissance Festival for 10 years as a soloist and with the band and um, I've also performed at fairy festivals, uh, which has been a lot of fun as well. Yeah, that sounds like a, a lot of fun. And you get yeah. to see different 
you know, I feel like festivals, it's, it may be like a similar genre, but there's just so many differences, you know, Mm -hmm. in the band. And then there's, you know, depending on the festival, other things going on, Um, especially like you mentioned the Renaissance. That sounds really, that sounds like a lot of fun. I've been to a couple different um, like Renaissance festivals and they've always been such a great time because it's just, it's so different from what you normally see. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's unlike any performance experience I've ever done because um, you, we perform, we do some shows where it's sort of set up as an intimate listening venue, but other ones we do it right on the pathways. And so you have people coming with literally in two inches of you listening. And so you get to experience an up close audience, unlike anything you've ever experienced before. And it's, it's so much fun. I mean, people really get into it. Yeah. That's really cool. Do people usually, you know, do you have kind of a fan base that kind of follows you around or, and do they, these people that come up close to you, do they, you know, ask if you have like, I don't know, social media or, you know, do you connect with them in that way too? Or. Yeah. It's social media. It's um, people who love what I do music wise. It's also people who just love that the fair circuit. So they'll just go from fair to fair, just enjoying the experience as patrons. Right. So you get that as well. You get people who love the Maryland Renaissance Festival, for example, that that is like their fair. They love going to it every year. And so you can develop a little fan base of people who love the fair and then love the fact you're at the fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of fun, you know, because you're not just going to a venue and playing a show and, you know, have maybe having somebody, you know, start following you. You're really kind of out there and getting a, a wider audience, I feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what are there any resources that you'd re- recommend to other women looking to get started as, um, you know, singer-songwriter, um, involved in playing kind of different instruments? Um, and that could be, I don't know, books, courses, anything really. Is there anything that you would recommend for p- other women? Yeah, I got a couple, actually. So for, okay. for one th- couple things I've found really useful in terms of booking um, is one of them is IndieOnTheMove.com. I didn't have to pay for it when I started, and I got sort of moved into their new way of doing things, which is you have to pay monthly. I don't have to because I was on the old system. I don't know how much it is. But it's this huge database of venues listed by state and then by city if you want to, or by genre, or if you do covers or original, you can search by all that. And then they have all the contact info for it and the venue names. So you can just literally go down the list and just shoot off emails one right after the other, which has been incredible. I mean, just saves so much time. Yeah, that's good to know because there was... um... There's Polestar, which is for a lot of the larger venues um, and, and the, the venues that are networked in with, like, you know, Live Nation and AEG and that. But that's good to know that there's uh, now a resource out there for more of the indie, the indie space. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Polestar, you have to pay or you have to be an industry professional to get access to, a, you know, working for a big company. So that's really good to know that people are really, you know, I think as, you know, we keep advancing technology, that, you know, these people are coming out with this. Yeah. And there's another one too, that, that is free completely. You don't even have to okay. sign up for it. It's called undiscoveredmusic.net and they list things by state, but they also listen to it, list um, venues by what they are. So like cafes will have one list, listening rooms will have another, they have small theaters, which is another option and, and a couple other varieties as well. Like, um, 
house concerts and things like that. And again, they now in this case, they just list the website. So you have to go to the website and then use the contact info on the website to, to email the venue itself. But it's still a really useful tool. Yeah. Yeah. Just to at least get in, you know, a name and location and that. that's yeah. And do you have, you know, any advice for women who want to enter the music industry as a professional musician, um, you know, from starting or, you know, as they're working up in their career? Yeah. And, and I started um, when I first started, I was in my early 20s, late teens. And doing that solo, you can get a bit of pushback because you are young and you are a young female. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't horrible, but there was some sort of like, you know, she's kind of like a kid, you know. And so a lot of it, I would say, is just keep going back to people unless they specifically say, you know, you're not right for us. That's what I've done. And sometimes it took me three years. And finally, they would say, you know what? Yeah, come on to our venue. We'll take you. And just to just keep pushing at it is really the only thing I can recommend, which seems a bit cliche, but it's what I've found has worked. And I think that's kind of the way the industry goes. You know, you just you can't give up, you know, someone says, no, okay, well, let me, you just need to find an alternate way, you know, Mm -hmm. find, find the alternative. Okay. They said no now, but maybe next year they won't say no, or maybe I'll grow my career a little bit and then go back to them and see. And yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, Like you said, it is a little bit cliche, but it's, it's the truth. You kind of just have to keep pushing at it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things I have, we have um, a Facebook group, Broken Glass Collective, um, and I had surveyed them um, last week. Um, what are the some of the things that you're struggling with? And the top thing was physical mental wellness while hustling and working in the industry, or you know, they're, or they're looking for ways to to improve their their physical mental wellness. Um, so in what in what ways do you take care of yourself? You know, your own physical mental wellness, especially if you're you know, preparing, you know, an an album for release, or you're, you know, kind of on the road going to different, you know, shows and venues and festivals and that. Is there anything, any kind of advice you have for that or some some tips that you, you know, you're always, you're always doing? Yeah, and a couple things. One thing is I have a group of people that when life just gets stressful, and I feel like, you know, this is too much, I can't handle it, I don't know what to do anymore. Um, I can go and talk to them. I can go and just sometimes it, my outlet to relieve if I've built up a ton of stress is just to cry. And I can do that and they'll give me a hug and they'll encourage me. And I've found that to be really helpful. And it's just a small group of people, you know, and um, I found that to be helpful. Another thing um, is just to take a break during the day or at night before you go to sleep and to have that time where you can just shut off your brain. For me, I like to read. So I pick, you know, a book and then just go through it and devote some time for like a chapter a day. And that way it's just something that has nothing to do with my career and nothing to do with music. And yet at the same time, for me, it's artistic because it is writing and I can feel like it's rejuvenating me in terms of my arts. Yeah, those are great. You know, it's great to have a network to have somebody you know you can go to, and you know sometimes you just have to cry. You just, you yeah. just have to come out. <laughs> and I'm, you know, you 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 can't hold it all in. You know, you have to be able to to go to somebody or to just. One of the things that I found the other day, I couldn't sleep, so I got up, I grabbed a notebook, and I just started writing everything. Just kind of let it all out, shut my light off, went back to bed, and. You know, I, I found I fell asleep right away. 
So, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, that was my outlet, but I think it's having a group like you have, that's, you know, that's great to just have people that you can really trust and, and feel comfortable enough with to, to let, you know, let it out. Yeah. I'm I'm very fortunate that way. Do you have any, you mentioned that you read, um, do you have any favorite books or podcasts that uh, inspire you or that you just, you know, go back to time and time again? Um, so for me, I'm, I find for inspiration, it's it's not podcasts so much, but I love listening to um, artists' origin stories, whether it be authors or actors or actresses or musicians. I love going back to like documentaries about them and how they got started and the rejections that they got until they, you know, made it and everything they had to go through until they made it. And for me, I always find that really inspiring. I've gone through so many different people at this stage that. Um, sometimes I go back to certain ones because I just find those just really interesting to hear. Um, so for me, I find that really encouraging because it's like, well, you know, this person got told no 20 times and now they're the best selling artist, you know, for this genre. <laughs> right. Is there anyone in particular that, that has really, you know, you, you keep going back to or? I mean, one uh, that off the top of my head, I think people know the story of is, is, while she's not a musician, it's J.K. Rowling, where, you know, everyone told her Mm -hmm. Harry Potter is just not something that's going to sell. And now look where she is today. Yeah, she's got a whole, uh, movies, books. I mean, there's Universal Studios down the street has Harry Potter World. So, (laughs) yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, And I, I love hearing her story, too. So, you know, and I think it's it is inspiring, you know, um, to hear somebody famous, where did they start? You Mm -hmm. know, they're just like us, you know, they're not an overnight success. They didn't, you know, decide one day I'm going to be a rock star. And all of a sudden they're a rock star. It's really developing and, and honing in on your craft and just, and like you said earlier, just keeping at it, just keep pushing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's what I love hearing too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just kind of wrapping up here, um, where can my listeners find you and your music, see you on the road, I guess, Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media you have. So all of that can actually be found on my main website, which is kristinrebecca.com and Kristen spelled K R I S T I N. I always say that cause there's like a million ways to spell my name. <laughs> oh, same here. Yeah. <laughs> And I've seen it all different ways. The The top one is when I got a Starbucks cup that had Chris and then 10, the number 10 for oh the gosh. 10 part. Yeah. <laughs> They're creative over there. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I will be sure to link to your website in the show notes. And uh, do you have any, any tour plans coming up or are you just playing some local shows? I have some local shows. I have a bunch of stuff in the wings that I'm getting worked out. My calendar is being updated all the time. So it's always good to constantly check back there as new shows are being announced basically throughout the year. Okay. Well, if you ever come out to Los Angeles, you'll have to let me know. Awesome. Yeah, I will. And I will <laughs> definitely come out and see you. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Kristen. This was awesome. And I'm so excited to share you and your music with my listeners because, like I said, I loved it. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. It was great talking to you. Oh, you're welcome. It was great talking to you, too. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. 
Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.